Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Friday, May 21st, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me, and I suppose the news of the day involves a pair of class of 2023 prospects who are skipping their final two years of high school and foregoing their college eligibility to join the overtime elite league. The players their names are Matt and Ryan Booley. They're twins. Now, I'm assuming most people are unfamiliar and not many keep up with high school sophomores, but Matt is a 6'9 forward, ranked second in the class of 2023, according to 24-7 Sports. Ryan, also a 6'9 forward, ranked 16th in the class of 2023. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting that each player is signing a two-year deal worth seven figures, which means... They're going to spend their junior and senior years of high school making a million dollars each minimum. So, you know, for a while now, we've, we've had professional leagues outside of this country, places like Australia, Italy, China, luring elite prospects away from college. Then last year, the G League Ignite program was created, and it secured commitments from projected top five picks, Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga, uh, among others. Now there is a new league, Overtime Elite, which describes itself as a transformative new league that offers the world's most talented young basketball players what it claims is a better pathway to becoming professional athletes. The league, uh, which, by the way, is financially backed by, among others, Jeff Bezos, Drake, Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, it's going to offer year-round development program and an academic program. It's going to be based in Atlanta, and it'll feature up to 30 high school juniors and seniors each year. They're going to play against each other and against external competition, and each player will be guaranteed a minimum salary of $100,000 and also be allowed to earn revenue from use of their name, image, and likeness. They'll get full health care coverage, disability insurance, everything you would expect. So this is a very real thing, and the first two high school players to join it are a pair of five-star twins from Florida. Deadlet. How concerned, if at all, should people who care about college basketball be about this development? Not concerned whatsoever. College basketball isn't going anywhere. It's not in jeopardy of uh, having its product diminished by the creation and potential potential sustainability of this overtime elite league. Um, this These are the first two players to commit to this league, which will get more players, no doubt about it. Um, college basketball is going to have some competition in this marketplace, but there's a lot going against these kind of leagues. So right now there are three avenues that are, that I guess are all alternatives if you want to play college basketball. There's the Overtime Elite League, which is just starting. There's the Professional Collegiate League, which is of similar nature. And to my knowledge, I think that has two teams, one out of Baltimore and one out of uh, North Carolina. And then there is the G League Ignite. Um, so you will have competing interests there. And this all comes 
really as as the NCAA is cresting with name, image, and likeness legislation that will be put on the books at some point in the year 2021, and then find an actuality and and an existence of consequence, if you will, uh, beyond that. And I actually think that's where these leagues are going to be in some trouble here because. You can't compete with college basketball's uh, exposure. You can't compete with its infrastructure, uh, its alumni base, its television deals. You know, over time, as a company, is uh, is a company, is a brand that very, very few people are familiar with, and you're pretty much familiar with it. And if you follow recruiting to an extreme degree, I'm sure it has a very good social media presence, but this is not the kind of thing where you're going to have 12, 18, 24 teams, let alone the amount that college basketball offers. So it's just in terms of an entity that can compete, how worried? Not at all. I mean, it's just not, it's, it's, it's not there. I don't even know how this is going to be profitable, Parrish. I mean, it's great that it's got Jeff Bezos. I think, did you say Drake? Drake is involved. Okay, good times. Um, that's wonderful, but I'm not seeing how, if you're willing to pay these guys... More than a million dollars. Good for them. I'm not seeing how this is a profitable venture. event. And maybe eventually it can be in a decade, 15. This is more power to them. I'm, I'm certainly intrigued by it. Got nothing against you starting up a league and, uh, and, and if anything, forcing the NCAA's hand to get college basketball way more into the modern era than it, than it has been in the past 10, 15 years. But to me, this story, and every time we'll have players commit to it, it's more about... The circumstances of the players. I want to read real quick from Jonathan Gavoni, uh, who covers obviously the draft for ESPN. Uh, he said, this is a tweet from him early on Friday morning. He said, unless they graduate high school sometime in the next 18 months, the Buleys are currently candidates for uh, the 2023 NBA draft, although that could change. They turn 19 in the calendar year 2022 and they don't graduate high school? Until 2023? So it seems like their situation in terms of graduating isn't even normal. So this does seem to be a little bit of a different situation altogether. We'll wait and see if and when other players decide to follow. Oh, by the way, the team is coached by Kevin Ollie. Yeah, I I would assume the way this works is if you're the Buleys, you do a junior year, you know, making on average, let's just cut the million dollars in half, $500,000 as a junior. Then you have a senior year. $500,000 $500,000 as a senior. And then you still got one more year before you can enter the draft. You can join the G League Ignite program, mm. some other program. You can go overseas, whatever. You know, by the way, who knows what NCAA rules would look like by the, like, you know, perhaps, and I'm, I'm not, I, I don't assume this would be the case, but like maybe there's a pathway to, um, you know, being eligible to play college basketball, even if you've participated for money in one of these academies. Again, I wouldn't anticipate that, but like, who knows? Um, I'm with you though. Um, I completely understand it from the perspective of the Bewley family. Like, you know, you got two kids, (laughs) they're both going to make a million dollars over the next two years. Like, why not? I guess I'm less clear on how this makes sense from the overtime perspective. Like, can this be a moneymaker for them? Like usually when you start a business, you want to make money. Is it obvious that this is going to be a moneymaker someday, any day? I, I'm not sure. On the other hand, it's Jeff Bezos' money. He's worth like $200 billion. So does it even matter if this is a moneymaker? I, I guess I, I'm less clear on the motivation from the overtime elite side of things. But whatever, I don't need to understand their motivation. Uh, if it's just something they want to do and they feel like it's worthwhile, they're doing it. And I do think that 
they will be able to lure um, elite high school prospects. Like if my son were a top 20 player in the country in his class who just is right now finishing his sophomore year of high school and somebody came to him to me and said, we'll give him a million dollars over the next two years to just come train, come live with us, train with us, you know, like a European soccer academy. Like we, we would seriously consider that. And honestly, probably do it. Like, you know, a million dollars, you know, for your 16 year old to go train and, and, and study and learn is probably not the worst thing in the world. So I understand it from, from that perspective. I I'm less clear on how this makes sense from the overtime perspective, but whatever. Uh, I do reject the idea that, that you could make a league below the NBA that'll compete with college basketball in terms of interest. You can compete with college basketball for college basketball prospects, but in terms of eyeballs, no, nobody, nobody will ever watch this stuff or care about this stuff. It's professional basketball below the NBA level Mm -hmm. with a bunch of teenagers. Most Americans, even most sports fans have never heard of like, honestly, how many people, even sports fans, even basketball fans had heard of Matt and Ryan Booley yesterday. Dude, I didn't know who these people were. I didn't, I didn't know who, know who these people were. <laughs> Dude, hey, I, was like, I, hope that, I hope they're successful. We look up in five years and they're playing the league. Good for them. Did not know who these two <laughs> young dudes were. I went and looked at the class of 2023. I was like, uh, okay, there's Wani Wags Jr. I know him. There's Mikey Williams. I got that. Uh, like, I never, I don't know these players. Like, yeah. I don't follow recruiting like that deeply. You know, I go to Peach Jam and I watch the top 10 rising seniors in the country. You know, that's what I do. Those are the people I'm going to be talking about and writing about in the subsequent year. So that's what I focus on. I, like, how about this? We didn't know Ryan and Matt Booley as of yesterday. So I refuse to believe that this league will resonate any more than the G League resonates. These players will largely disappear for at least two years and probably three. So the league... It, it can't compete with college basketball for eyeballs, but it clearly can compete with college basketball for elite prospects. You know, the, the training appears to be real. The money, it looks real. So this isn't something to be scoffed at. It will be another talent drain on the sport. And I don't think that's a great thing. We, we, could, we could certainly debate how much it matters to the sport of college basketball broadly. And I think you're probably right, not much. Like our, you know, let's say Ryan and, and Matt Booley were, were going to come to college and they were ranked exactly where they're ranked right now as they're leaving high school. So one of them would be considered the second best incoming freshman in the country and the other one would be considered the 16th best incoming freshman in the country. Well, now you just remove them. Somebody else will be second best and somebody else will be 16th best. You know, some, the, Kentucky will still get five stars and Duke will still get five stars and somebody will still lead North Carolina in scoring and somebody will still lead Gonzaga in scoring. Uh, college basketball fans will still watch their favorite teams and the sport in general. Um, you know, we went through a time where we didn't get LeBron James and Kobe Bryant and Amari Stoudemire. Um, Attendance didn't go down. People didn't say, well, since we don't get to watch Kobe, this person we probably didn't never heard of two years ago, well, now I'm not watching college basketball. It had no impact when players were going straight from high school to the NBA draft. No, no, no tangible impact on the sport. Uh, I think this is probably similar. But you know, if we enjoy watching Kate Cunningham and Evan Mobley play college basketball, then this is something that will 
pull some Cade Cunninghams and Evan Mobley's going forward away from college basketball. I don't think that's great, even if I don't think it matters much, if that makes sense. I'm, uh, I, I wonder what the audience is for this, to be honest, and how substantial that audience is. What teams are playing in this? What's the competition? You know, the Overtime Elite League, is it going to be... Is it going to be four teams, eight teams? Oh, who are they playing? You know, what is what is going to happen with that? By the way, trivia time. Oh, God. What do you think Drake's net worth is? Recent, Most recent estimate. Throw out a number. Uh, I would say Drake is worth $120 million. Most recent estimate is $180 million. He's doing okay for himself. Google auto fills in. Jeff Bezos' net worth, what's your guess? I believe I looked that up, $200 million. It's 200 says, billion, billion, we, billion. It says $187.5 billion. I think this is post-divorce. Um, reason why I bring this stuff up is, and those are just two of the investors, Bezos, you know, one of the richest men in the history of our known universe. It, no matter how wealthy are they, don't, they, they, people like Jeff Bezos get that wealthy because they don't like losing money under any circumstances. So this is really the equivalent of him accidentally knocking over a few coins off his kitchen counter. That's really all it is to him by investing in this league. But it's not like he wants to just throw it all away. So long term, you know, how viable is this backing? I don't know, but I do know that people like Jeff Bezos and Drake who was loving that Lakers-Warriors game the other night, by the way, just loving it. <laughs> He's hilarious. Um, they're not going to get involved in this unless they think that there's a real shot that they can become profitable off of it. They can be worth more next year than they are this year because of this. Whether that can happen, I, I really perish. I have no idea. Again, I don't know what the audience is for this. Um, and the other thing is, I almost wonder, weirdly, weirdly, I almost wonder if the confluence of name, image, and likeness, which, by the way, just stuff like this, like us podcasting and this story being out there, this has to, come on. The NCAA's got to get its damn act together. Like, if you ever needed more of a reason to get this crap done, this is the exact reason. But between the G League and this, and if you want to throw in the Professional Collegiate League, which doesn't seem to be as sustainable, uh, at this point, but still, it's another one. Like, you have these competing interests there. Like, maybe they pick off each other, and, you know, it would almost be better if you're trying to reduce college basketball's influence and in increase your own. Like, you want to be the one primary competitor. But if you got, well, he's, this guy's going to go play for Overtime Elite. This guy's going to go play for G League, you know, Unite. I don't know. I, I think that might actually be hurting the cause overall. But free marketplace, we'll see how the market winds up settling itself. I'm just not convinced that... In six or seven years, overtime elite is going to be a thing. Maybe, maybe not. This is, a, again, this is a media company that has slowly but surely built up its presence around the grassroots scene over the past seven or eight years. Uh, you, you know, I think you and I plan on attending uh, PGM in July um, if we are able and willing to go. And when you go there, there are people walking around in overtime shirts with, you know, cameras getting stuff up and uploading it to YouTube and social media, like instantly. Like that's what overtime has been. This is the evolution of that company. And so it is It is a company that has a, a lot of ties to players on the grassroots level. 
uh, a lot of networking and uh, a lot of equity in that realm. And so its ability to lure in other players, not just because it has huge names of, of really rich people tied to it, but actually the work it's done on the ground for the better part of a decade. That's why I think it has a decent chance at s- succeeding. But again, that to me has nothing to do with college basketball's viability. This will not, this just isn't going to Im- impact. We didn't, Jalen Green would have been awesome to have in college basketball this past season. The fact that he wasn't there did not affect college basketball really an iota. I mean, if he had been there and been a star, yeah. But college basketball would have benefited from having him. But by not having him, the product, in my opinion, was not decreased. Yeah, the, the, the thing working for college basketball is that it's hard to miss something you've never had. Like, you know, like it, it's not like you had Jalen Green, then you lost him. He just was never there. It's like he didn't exist, uh, you know. And and so it, I'm with you that it it will not. There is not a single Kentucky season ticket holder who is going to decline to renew the season ticket package because eight of the top hundred players in the country are going to skip college basketball to join this league or or any other league. Um, but I do think college basketball has a problem in, in, in this sense. Um, it's very easy to recruit against it right now. If you're working for one of these leagues, like if I were working for overtime elite, um, and I were talking to a mother or a father uh, of a five-star prospect who just wrapped up his sophomore year of high school, which is the case here. Um, Okay, yeah, by coming with us, based on current rules, you will be foregoing your college eligibility. But, like, you know, the rules could change by the time you get there. We're not suggesting they might, but they could. Uh, But either way, you can make money right now off of your basketball ability. And not just, you know, $40,000. Make a million dollars over the next two years. Uh, You know, that's real money. You want to pay your house off? You know, again, these are children you're talking about. The parents are in charge. And so, um, you know, you, you tell a mother or father, you want to pay your house off, all your credit card debt, pay your cars off. All you got to do is send your children with us for the next two years. And oh, by the way, sending them with us is going to be better for them because it's year-round training. We got a former national championship coach and, and an incredible facility we're, we're building in Atlanta. And oh, by the way, Atlanta's got an incredible airport. So anytime you want to come see your kids or anytime they need to get back home, it's very easy to do. Direct flights to everywhere. Um, yeah, you'll be foregoing your college eligibility. And like, we, we acknowledge that as something. But how long are people like you going to continue to turn away money for your children's basketball ability? Turn around money that is there for you. This money we're offering you is real money. How long are you going to keep turning away real money so that you can get nothing while you make universities and college basketball coaches millionaires? Okay. How long are you going to keep saying, no, we won't take the money so we can go make it for somebody else? Like that's, that, re- that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're telling me you're going to turn down a million dollars so you can go make a million dollars for John Calipari? You're going to turn down a million dollars from us so you can go make $10 million for Mike Krzyzewski? Right, but not, I mean, they're not going to be able to or want to pay every single player a million dollars. I'm the, that Price tag surprises me. And maybe it's because they were the first two. A reminder, this thing is supposed to launch in like September. These are the, they have two players. So maybe they're going to be able to get to do it. I'm just not even convinced this thing's going to be able to get off the ground in a matter of five months here, GP. But the points you're making are accurate. 
That's like why. You, you can't keep asking people uh-huh. forever to do something uh-huh. for free that they can make a million dollars doing elsewhere. Correct. That's a, that's a bad model. That, right. Now, what I do think is when NIL stuff lands and you can go to a recruit that's the number five recruit in the country and say, come to Kentucky and we think that you will be able to profit and make, let's just say it's $400,000. Sure. $250,000 playing at Kentucky on TV, college basketball, NCAA tournaments versus going where almost no one's going to see you unless they're looking at their phone and social media and making seven hundred, eight hundred, $900,000. Then I think it's over. I mean, when you're, if you're a top 25 program and you can bring in a player and there is a real, there is real promised, uh, tangible benefits money wise, Name, image, and likeness, that's where college basketball, I think, will refine its footing with many players. I don't think all. Like, I think this kind of stuff is always going to perpetually exist, GP. But uh, the the time to strike, if you're these kind of leagues like G League did last year and is, it, is this year and over time, it's, it's, it's right now. Because once the NIL stuff gets figured out, then that's going to be very interesting and, frankly, very entertaining uh, for college sports and you know, again, that is supposed to be on the books this year. So it's a matter of when the hell they're going to do it. It might be next month, by the way, but then legislators, yada, yada. Yeah, like um, absolutely. Whenever name, image, and likeness um, rules are passed, as long as they don't limit what somebody can get, um, then it helps offset some of this stuff. Then you're, you're picking between two very different things. Like, do you want to go to Duke and make, let's say, $500,000, um, you know, uh, to, to be Duke's starting point guard for a year before you enter the NBA draft? Or do you want to go disappear for a year and make $800,000? Well, uh, you know what? I'd rather have That's the college experience. Even. Yeah, whatever. Um, then you've got a decision to make. But right now, when the options are, hey, it, it, in college basketball, they won't let you take a thing legally. Uh, but what the, and, and we'll give you a million dollars. Like you could turn some heads. They're turning heads. Like this is a, you know, these are two top twenty players in America. Uh, you, again, we'd never heard of them. <laughs> They're very young, but t- t- two young people are um, going to make a lot of money just training and working out and developing over the next couple of years. And they were willing to give up, um, at least it appears, based on current rules, the. Um, the possibility of playing college basketball someday. They were willing to give that up for this money. That is something that, you know, you know, college basketball can be arrogant. The NCAA can be arrogant and say, ah, it doesn't matter because it, it might not really matter. But I do think it's a, you know, once upon a time, the best American basketball prospects went to college to play college basketball. And slowly but surely, um, that's becoming less true. Not entirely untrue, but but less true. One more thing here. Um are, are you aware of – just circle back to Jeff Bezos real quick here. Um, are, are you aware of his yacht situation? I think it's like a $400 million yacht. Uh, he, is, he is building a yacht, and he needs a yacht for his bigger yacht. $500 million super yacht. Smaller yacht apparently still needs a helipad. Wild. Imagine, imagine needing – a yacht for your yacht. I give overtime elite all three of my kids for one yacht. They can have all three of my boys. I mean, that's a, that's a status by the way. Imagine owning a yacht. Jeez. 
Yeah, that's 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 truly next level. Like, do you want to come on my boat? No, you want to come on my yacht? No, no, you want to you want to come on my yacht so you can come on my yacht. You got to take my yacht to get to my yacht. There wow. was one story I read about like one of these bazillionaires. It wasn't I don't think it was Bezos, but it was somebody. And they were having a new yacht built and and it was crazy money like this, like hundreds of millions of dollars. And the person interviewing was like, so you already have a yacht? And he was like, yeah. And, and, and they were like, and so, so how much did that one cost? And threw a number at whatever. And he's like, so where, where do you keep that yacht? He's like, um, dude didn't know where his yacht was. Had no idea. Like, um, uh, you want real next level? Imagine owning a yacht and not even knowing where it is. You probably have too much money if that's the case. Just shouldn't really have that much money. If you've lost your yacht, you, no one should have that much money. Let's be honest here. Shouldn't, it should not be a thing. Imagine owning a yacht and not even like caring, like having, like being unaware of where your yacht is. Like imagine owning a yacht and somebody randomly asking you, where's your yacht? And you're like, I don't, mm, let me check on that for you. It reminds me of a story. <laughs> Did I leave it in the Mediterranean or is it off the <laughs> coast of the Pacific? I can't remember. My dude didn't know where his yacht was. Um, there was a story about, I want to say it was Manny Ramirez, maybe. And somebody would like that worked for the Red Sox organization. It, would, it was like their job to go detail his car. And so they'd be cleaning the car and they would like open the glove box. And there'd be like four checks in there for $300,000 just sitting in. The, and it was like, he like, it was unclear if Manny even knew they were there. Like it just like just driving around with hundreds of thousands of dollars of checks and like it really doesn't matter. You could cash them or deposit them or not, and it doesn't really matter to you. It's a nice life, I tell you. Yeah, that's uh, man. I'm just looking at these yachts. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Never been on a yacht, by the way. I've seen. We can move. Well, on. you want if you if you ever want to stop, uh, uh, you ever want to be humbled, recognize that. <laughs> You're bragging about a new basketball goal. <laughs> <laughs> loving it, though. Hey, I'm lo happy, loving it. By the way, if there's any listeners that have advice on how I can, uh, I got to fully convince the wife to allow me to paint like a foul line and a three-point line. I'm just wondering how I want to go out, uh, go about and do this thing. So, I, you know, I, I haven't quite figured this whole deal out. This but I'm happy. Like, this sounds like one of those you don't ask for permission, you ask for forgiveness. Um. No, it's going to be definitely asking for permission there. But you know what, the, the hoop? It makes me happy. Couldn't, uh, and yeah, getting shots up left and right. Oh, big time stuff. Loving it. All right. You want to move on? Yeah, let's move on. Wild story earlier this week out of Louisville. Former Louisville assistant Dino Gaudio was charged with one federal count of attempting to extort money and other things of value from the university. We're going to get into that craziness next. But first, check this out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do. Like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. 
Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So, wild story earlier this week out of Louisville. Former Louisville assistant Dino Gaudio was charged with one federal count of attempting to extort money and other things of value, most notably a yacht. I'm just kidding. Dino Gaudio did not try to get a yacht from, from Chris Mack or the University of Louisville, but it was um, money and other things of value from the University of Louisville. Walk us through the particulars of this situation as you understand it. <sighs> this story is, it's part bizarre, it's part wild, it's part sad, it's part hilarious, and it's all Louisville. Could this have happened anywhere else but Louisville? I know one thing. You best never try to extort a Louisville basketball coach. It backfires every time. <laughs> every I would time, never, man. Like, like I, I might try to extort somebody, but not a Louisville <laughs> basketball coach. They don't play. They don't go for it. Louisville basketball coaches do not. Karen Cyper tried it with Rick. Back, She ends up. Federally charged, and now here's Dino Gaudio trying with Chris Matt. You cannot extort Louisville. Bat- if, if there's one takeaway from this story, it's that you cannot. A pattern has developed. You cannot extort a Louisville basketball coach. Um, May twenty first, two thousand twenty one. We now have Parrish on the record saying he's willing to maybe extort someone. Depends I, on the situation. I, it, I just want to sort of be clear. It, in all seriousness, I think the other take. I don't think. I don't think people know how to properly extort. Oh, okay. I've thought about this a lot. Like oh. how to how to extort. Oh. And the way Dino did it was just, non, just nonsensical. I feel like I know how to extort. I don't I don't play. Do you want to lay, do you lay it out? Yes. Okay, okay you're here. gonna lay out your plan. All right. Okay. Well, first off, like here's what Dino did. I thought I was saying what Dino did. Okay, okay, you set it up and then I'll tell you how I'll tell you where he went wrong. <laughs> okay. So Louisville, ridiculous. All right, Louisville goes 13-7 and this past season, and you may recall, surprisingly, wasn't in the field of 68. It was, it was anticipated. It was projected as a, as a team that would not only be in, but not even going to the first four, but it didn't work out like that. So Louisville has an underwhelming season after a good season a year ago and making the tournament in Max's first year. Uh, obviously, they didn't play in the tournament last year. If there had been one, he would have been in there. So it's... It comes as surprising news that Chris Mack decides to fire both Dino Gaudio and Luke Murray, who is now an assistant uh, up here at UConn. So when this happens, as we understand it, Dino Gaudio, who, oh, by the way, has known Chris Mack since he was 18. The man helped recruit him to Xavier. He's known each other for more than 30 years. I had a source tell me earlier this week that, like, these guys and their families were so close, like, they went on vacation together. 
Okay, so even like the idea of Chris Mack firing Dino Gaudio, it, it kind of blows my mind, and I don't, I don't know why Chris did it. He has his reasons. Um, same with Luke Murray, but that whole thing is is definitely it was odd. So Dino's. He's angry because apparently, like, I was also told, like, Dino Gaudio thought he might have been, like, one year away from, like, retiring. Like, one more year on the bench, then he was probably going to step away and, and, and saunter off into the sunset and enjoy his retirement post-coaching life. But this lands a year before it clearly comes out of the blue, and he's clearly angry to the point where he goes to Chris Mack and I can only presume that they get into some sort of argument and... He says to Chris Mack, like, I know we've been breaking rules. And now the rules, when we get to this as well, like, they're just, this isn't good stuff. This is like a graduate assistant coaching on the floor. Who cares? Does not matter. And here's the other thing with this. So he, he does all this stuff, right? Okay. So he's like, if you don't pay me the remainder of my uh, uh, salary and, and 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 pay me this, this sum of money, then I'm going to go to the media and I'm going to tell, by the way, I... No, heard nothing from Dino Gaudio, by the way. You, you you get any early sniffs on this? He did. He didn't reach out no, on okay. this one. So, um, that'd be a fun one. Who is he going to go to? I, I feel I, I odds on favorite got to be Rick Bozich, right? Anyway, um, <laughs> so so this goes badly. Now, the other part of this is that I don't even want to say the other part. There's like 13 parts to this story. It's just uh, the story is ridiculous. It should not even be happening. Clearly, for this to have gotten to the level where the feds get involved, because, again, we have an extortion attempt, or I guess, you know, Tino Gaudio might have, he might have accidentally, like, backed into this extortion. I don't think he was actually trying to extort, but, hey, that's what we have nonetheless. Now, as I understand it, the reason that we're at this point, and by the way, Gaudio's not fighting this, okay? Because he's going to try and avoid, you know, going to prison. Just... Ridiculous story. Now, I guess apparently some of this was recorded, okay? So my question is, like, was Gaudio kind of going off for a minute or two and then Mac, and I don't know any of this. This is me just, I was I was talking with another coach because he was talking, he called me yesterday, he was thinking out loud, I was like, can you walk me through this? Like, what is Chris Mack doing and how did he even have a recording of this? So we basically landed on... Gaudio must have been really going off, and after like a minute or so, Mac was probably like, this dude's out of his mind. I'm going to start hitting record on my phone discreetly and, and, and record whatever he says because he clearly went to whomever he had to go to, and at the end of it, this is why this is sad, dude. These, dudes, these guys are friends for decades, and he has to take this evidence to his bosses who then pass it on to the feds? What are we even doing here? This is This is a damn waste of taxpayer time. Again, it should never have gotten to this point. But here we are. I'm going to read you Max's statement real quick. While I cannot comment on the details or substance of the matter, I am grateful for the professionalism of members of law enforcement and the United States Attorney's Office. The university and I were victims of Coach Gaudio's conduct, and I will continue to fully cooperate with authorities in their investigations, we take seriously any allegation of NCAA violations within our basketball program, and we'll work with the NCAA processes to fully review the allegations, which, again, are just minimal in nature. It's self-reported stuff. But, again, you're Louisville, so every little thing is a bigger thing. That's kind of the whole big picture there. Now, why don't you tell everyone how you plan to extort people? Well, well first, um, I, I think you used a, a, a proper word 
multiple times to describe this situation. It's sad. I know all these people. You know, I've known Chris That's forever. It. I've known Dino forever. For people who might be unfamiliar, he was the head coach at Wake Forest uh, once upon a time. Um, I've known Luke um, for a while now. And I was surprised when it was reported. And I know you, you, you called it a firing. You're, you're more or less right. It, technically, their contracts were not renewed. It, right. It, it, it's the same thing. Yes. It's the same thing. Um, I was surprised. Not because a prominent head coach decided to make staff changes. That, that happens all the time. But, like, these guys were close. Like, these guys were friends. And with Chris and Dino, it goes back, as you pointed out, decades. So what has to happen to those relationships to make it where you – I was told blindside both of them, your contract is not going to be renewed. I was told both guys were shocked when they were told the contracts were not going to be renewed. So what has to happen in those relationships to even lead to that moment? Like, honestly, if you've, if you've known somebody for 30 years and you brought them into the program based on a number of things, among them that you've known them forever and they're loyal. And I mean, that's like, if you go read the release from when Louisville hired Dino Gaudios, Chris is like, I've known Dino forever. Um, I trust him. He's loyal. And then, Boom, like contrast this with that. It, it's just what had to happen in these relationships. I don't know, but it, it was, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a deal. Okay, so you're not going to renew the contract. And then the guy starts popping off because he's surprised. I'm sure he's hurt. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure like it's a financial bang as well. Like you just lost your job. So he starts talking wild. What has to happen for it to actually escalate to the FBI? Like, let, let's say that I was your boss for whatever reason, and I decided I'm not going to renew your contract, and you started popping off and threatening me. Well, I don't know how to extort. I'm going to have to learn this from you momentarily. I'm about to teach you. Okay. I'm about to teach you. Um, and you started popping off at me, and I knew it was because you were hurt and disappointed and mad. Sure, mad as well. And you started popping off and said, GP, you don't, if you don't renew my contract – I'm going to let people know you've done A, B, and C. I'd be like, listen, I understand you're frustrated, and I hope you're just speaking out of frustration right now. I'm going to give you a chance to, to tell me you're going to cool down because what you just said is like, that's not okay. In fact, technically, it's extortion. So, like, you don't mean what you did. Like, I, yeah. we would, I would like to think we would be able to talk through that. <laughs> All right? Would. I, like the idea that this escalated to the FBI it's, is is wild. So I will be interested in someday finding out, yo, what I don't need to know what happened as it pertains to this case. It's all documented. I got it. What led up to this? How did you guys get so sideways that A, you let him go, and then B, he's threatening you, and then C you're turning him into the FBI. Like, what happened? I think that's the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the real interesting thing here. Now, where did Dino go wrong? Lay it out. If you read the charge, it says, Gaudio, during an in-person meeting with Louisville officials on March 17th, officials is plural, you cannot try to extort in front of multiple people. That is, that's, that's rule number one. That's rule number one. You cannot try to extort in front of multiple people because now you got witnesses 
too many people involved. If you're going to extort, this is the way you extort. Take mm. notes if you need to. Okay. You walk into the room and you say plainly, I'm not joking around with you. I know stuff that went on here that if other people knew went on here, you would get in trouble. You might even lose your job. Certainly the program would endure sanctions to some degree. I am going to the media with this stuff unless you give me A, B, and C, whatever I want. I am not joking. You have until Friday to get that done. Don't try me. And then you walk out. That's got, <laughs> that's got to be the end of it. That's got to be the end of it. Why? Here's why. You've just made this extortion attempt in, in, in a way that nobody could have properly anticipated. So there's no recording devices. Nobody's recording you. You're in a one-on-one situation. So if this person ever tried to say, well, yeah, GP walked into my office and said he's going to do this, I say, that's just not true. I don't know why this person's saying this, but I never did that. This is his word against yours, whatever. He's lying. The problem Dino had is he apparently did it in front of multiple people. So now it's not just your word against his. It's your word against multiple people. That's a problem for you. Also, Dino apparently sent what amounted to the extortion attempt via text message. You can never do that. That's your, that, no, you have to, and you can, and when I say that has to be it the one time, and then you either got to let it go. Then there's, then there's three ways this can go. They, they give you what you asked for. B, uh, they, they don't give you what you asked for. And then you just let it go. Hey, I made the thread. It didn't work. I'm moving on. Or C, they didn't give you what you asked for. And you actually do leak it to the meat. You follow through on what you said you were going to do. You handle that however you want to, but you can never revisit the initial conversation with the, with the person because that's how, then, then they are recording you the next time. Then, then they got that iPhone thing going the next time and you can never text message. That's that, that, that's a no, no. I just feel like Dino didn't properly know how to extort. There, there's a way to get this done. Like, in fact, I, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. Like assistant coaches usually like maybe it does. And we don't find out because they've been <laughs> right. extorted. Like, like, listen, you know, college basketball is a dirty sport. I, that, well, that's, that's, well, that's, yeah, yeah. But I've heard, yeah, I've heard it's happened in, re- in reverse. It's not extortion. It's I know, you know what we did and right. you're going to be a fall guy. So I'm going to pay you. Just keep it, keep it quiet. That I've heard. Oh, sure. Oh, yes. sure. Like, but like I, I'm surprised more often when an assistant, like, let's just assume for the sake of conversation that every assistant coach at a high major program in America has got something that could, that could uh, portray a program that he's been employed by in an unflattering way. I'm surprised why more often assistant coaches say, oh, really, you want to fire me because you lost, because you didn't make the NCAA tournament this year? You're going to fire, you're going to make me be the scapegoat. You're going to make, you okay, well, uh, if, if you get here, I go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know I some go. things. Here I go. I know some things. I'm surprised way, that didn't happen more many, often. Many yeah. an assistant listened to this podcast and, uh, yeah, well, but maybe, maybe to your point, like that is the, bad ideas. <laughs> uh, a public service announcement. Do not extort people. That is the official view of this podcast. Nah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm okay. not, I'm not, I'm not sure I can co-sign that. Just extort people intelligently. You can't in, – in, during an in-person meeting with Louisville officials, 
You tell me you got like a room full of Louisville employees and you're like, I'm extorting everybody. You can't do that. Let me get this straight here. When you saw this story, your first reaction, of course, naturally, as it was mine, was surprise. Yes. Number two might have been like general curiosity. Like, "Mm." and then number three was you were offended by Dino Gaudio's approach to this. It was, and I say this with all due respect to Dino, who I've known for a long time and I like. He never tried to uh, extort me. I like him. Um, Yes, I, this, was, this was not thought through. You can't extort in front of multiple people. You can't be in a room with, with Louisville officials, plural, and lay out your extortion case. <laughs> that's, 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 that's extortion 101. You learn that in extortion 101. It has to be a one-on-one situation. He's got to walk into Chris Mack's office and say, I am disappointed that you're letting me go. I wish you would reconsider. And if he will not reconsider, say, if you do not reconsider, I am going to go to the media with things that I know about this program. I'm not joking. Don't try me. Um, Either have me a new contract on the table by Friday, have me X amount of dollars on the table by Friday, or you can read about it, um, you know, next week. Again, don't try me. You walk out, leave it at that. If he tries to call you and talk about it again, we ain't talking about nothing. I'm not talking to you again. Put the cash in a bag or else I'm going to the media. I'm not talking. To, you can never talk about it twice because the second time you'll get recorded. You can never talk about it in front of other people because now you've got witnesses and you sure as hell can't send a text message because that, that's, that's a text message. It's hard to deny a text message. Uh, now, my, uh, I just how? feel like I, could, I, I wish Dino would have called me not to, to try to bring down the Louisville program, but like, GP, you got any advice on how I can extort? I'd have been like, yes, Dino, of course I do. I've thought about this. How angry would Jeff Goodman be if he was not given the leak? And then would Jeff Goodman try to extort anyone because he wasn't given the initial leak? <laughs> I mean, probably. <laughs> I mean, I could see, I could oh, see it. As for Dino, um, he is essentially owned up to all this through his lawyer who talked to the local media. I don't know what's going to be next with this. Uh, only Louisville, man. Like he'll plead, he'll plead guilty, come on, he'll, man. He'll, he'll plead guilty and he'll get whatever he gets. That's, that's the, and then he also, and, and he, and then Louisville will self-report these very minor violations and, and you know, whatever <sighs> they'll get, they'll get, and it'll be whatever. It's not that's a big wild, deal, man. But yeah. There's a yeah, story. Like, there's a story behind the story there. I don't know what it is, but that to, to get to this point, that's wild. It really, it, it really is. I mean, I just of all the damn schools, of all of them. <laughs> that's the other thing. Of all of them, man. Yeah, that's uh, this was a juicy one. It it happened to land, I guess, shortly after we podcast, and so we had to get to it. I had no shortage of people texting me, being like, "Emergency pod on Dino Gaudio." I was like, "No, it's not emergency pod worthy," but I figure we'll get to it because a lot of people this. This turned a lot of heads there because of the story behind the story. Right. I, um, listen, we're laughing about this and joking about it. Um, it is actually a sad deal. Like, I, I hate, it, it, I, this is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I hate it that Dino, what I hate that, I hate that whatever happened between Chris and Dino happened and it led to all of this because it's been a headache for Chris. I'm certain. Um, it's a nightmare for Dino. And it causes, it ultimately ends up causing problems for both of them. You know, for, for Dino personally, for Chris, for the Louisville basketball program, like it's just a lot of stuff, none of them needed. And um, so it's not funny, even though we are 
laughing while d- discussing it. Um, it it's just a, a, a messy, ugly situation that uh, I'm sure with the benefit of hindsight, everybody uh, wishes would have never went down. I'll tell you one thing. Mm-hmm. I hope nobody's thinking about trying to extort Denny Crum. No shot. Well, Louisville basketball, Louisville basketball coaches do not go for it. That's the other main takeaway. Yeah. It's not going to happen. You cannot extort Rick Pitino. You cannot extort Chris Mack. I wouldn't try. I wouldn't try Denny Crum. If, if you're out there, if you're listening and you're out there thinking about trying to extort Denny Crum, don't go for it. Didn't Scott, Scott Satterfield, that's the, that's the football coach. But did he almost get like fired because he was like maybe looking at another job too? Basketball yeah, side, you got to worry about it. looks like football side, they don't have it all locked down there. Petrino, they've had some issues on the other side of it. It's the basketball where they're the savviest, I think. I actually feel like you could extort Bobby Petrino. Okay. I actually think that would be pretty easy. Okay. <laughs> Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Brady Hessler. Legend. Shouts to Lauren now. Thank you guys for listening once again. The Iron College Basketball Podcast, the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. I'd appreciate it. It really does help. So go subscribe, rate it, review it. We will talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.